Hello, everyone. I'm Fox News' Rup Raj, and welcome to the Let It Rip podcast. On this, the March 9th edition of Let It Rip, we talked about the power outages plaguing Metro Detroit for weeks. So what needs to be done? We sat down with the president of DTE to ask the tough questions. Plus, the attorney general, Dana Nessel, has her own ideas. So let's let it rip. Tonight on Let It Rip. It's incomprehensible. It's not a... The third world. Frustrations boil over for thousands of Metro Detroiters. Two winter storms, widespread blackouts lasting for days. And amid all of this, DTE pushes to raise your rates. The head of DTE facing your questions. And Attorney General Dana Nessel weighs in on what needs to be done. Time now to let it rip. It's been a rough couple of weeks for DTE, but mostly the customers. So I took your questions to DTE President Trevor Lauer. Take a look. We have three to five inches of snow coming tomorrow. Uh, to say that people have PTSD is an understatement. They hear about the weather, they get upset. Are we ready for tomorrow? Yeah, well, I will also say our employees have a little bit of the same PTSD. So we've been talking about this winter storm coming in. We're expecting three to five inches of pretty light snow tomorrow and relatively mild winds, much different than the weather conditions we saw come in last weekend on Friday night when we had up to 13 inches of this dense packed heavy snow that brought down a lot of trees around the service territory. And then it was packed with 45 to 50 mile an hour winds. We're not expecting anything like that tomorrow night. We heard during the first storm a couple weeks ago, uh, the weight of some of the, the lines being pulled by the, the ice, uh, that of a baby grand piano hanging off of it. We kept hearing that over and over again from you and others. Um, what is the weight limit that these wires are able to handle? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So I'm not the best engineer to answer that question. But what I will say is our system was largely designed in the 50s and 60s. It wasn't designed for the climate conditions that we're seeing today. So when you get a half an inch of ice, that's devastating to an overhead electrical system, whether it's the newest system or an older system. And that's what we had center in on Michigan from Lake Michigan to Lake Erie two weeks ago in a, in a pretty wide band, about 50 to 75 miles an hour or 50 75 miles wide and it did devastation across the entire state where that ice came in. We did a little digging about how this storm, this system a couple weeks ago and last week affected nearby states. Wisconsin and Indiana also were hit hard by the same system, but they didn't have nearly the number of power outages that we had here in Michigan. People are pointing their fingers squarely at DT saying, why wasn't this company able to handle what Wisconsin and Indiana were able to handle? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. So Wisconsin, Indiana didn't have ice. When you look in our service territory or where we serve customers here in Southeast Michigan, we only had outages where the ice came in. Uh, where we just had snow, like Wisconsin and Indiana, we did not have power outages on our system. So our system held up remarkably well. But Trevor, last week, didn't we have just snow? Um, March 3rd? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the ice storm. So but the ice storm, to your point, you're saying that we had ice in Wisconsin, Indiana. It didn't. Yeah. But last week on March 3rd, we had a tremendous amount of snowfall that came yes. down. And then we had power knocked out again for the second time. Why was that happening, would yeah. you say, when that didn't happen in some other places? Yeah, well, there's two things. They did have outages, but ours were repeat from the week before. So when we when we have a, an event like an ice storm, we do what we call re 
restore before repair. So our goal is to restore the customers as fast as we can. And we make a lot of temporary repairs when we come out of a major event like an ice storm. And then our crews will spend the next two weeks getting the system back to what we call normal operating conditions. Well, coming out of the ice storm, we had 5,000 temporary fixes on our system. Literally utility poles that are bolted together, cross arms. And when we had that wind come through, a lot of the same repairs and a lot of the same customers that lost power before lost it to begin because that temporary repair broke. Why so long? Why does it take seven days, would you say, to, to repair yeah. this stuff? Yeah, well, the, uh, the first thing I'd say is I apologize to our customers. That's unacceptable. Where we're struggling right now is how long it takes to restore customers or the duration of outages. We need to add automation to our electrical system. The majority of the utilities in the United States have heavily automated their system. So from a control room like we're sitting in today, you're able to automatically restore power. Well, we've recently built our control room and added the technology to it. Now we need to install all of the devices in the field so that when we have major outages, we can reroute power automatically and get half to 50 to 70% of those customers back without ever needing to roll a truck. There have been uh, rate increases in the past as well, plus the monthly bill. Uh, so many people are saying, wait a minute, I already pay a monthly bill. I pay a lot for energy. Why isn't some of that money going to the repairs and upgrades that are needed that you're now asking for in this rate hike? Yeah, well, DTE hasn't changed its base rates uh, with a major base rate increase since 2000 or 2020. So we've done what we can not to increase rates during this inflationary time. We've invested $8 billion in our electric system in that time. And I want to invest another $9 billion in our electric system in the next five years. That equates to about $8 a month for a customer as you go through this next rate, ca rate case increase that we've asked for. So I believe, Rupe, what we need to do is look proactively going forward on how do we all get to the same place? We want a better grid. We want a grid that operates. We need to invest in that grid to make sure that it continues to operate and increase. I'll give you a, 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 a would, data point. Would you mind, Trevor, Trevor, real quickly, you talked about the money that was already raised, the eight billion. The question that so many people have is, we have this outdated system, we need automation, we need these issues fixed. Where did that money go and why is it still taking seven days to fix yeah. some of these issues if we already had money in the coffers to do it? Yeah, well, the $8 billion that we've invested on behalf of our customer goes to a series of things. So it's things like trimming trees. We've got a very aggressive tree trimming program that we've been in the middle of, one of the largest tree trimming programs in the country as we try to get ahead of all of the trees. We're doing distribution work, so we're rebuilding circuits. We're doing hardening work on our circuits. We also just finished building the newest and cleanest uh, natural gas-fired power plant uh, and bringing it online. So there's a whole series of activities at the electric company outside of just the distribution business, but all of these investments are focused on our customers. When you look at a customer, who's just struggling to put food on the table and now they're looking at a rate hike. Every dollar counts. Is there any other thing that DTE can do to utilize the funds that they currently have to help fix the system and make things better for people who are watching? Yeah, well, one of the things that we pay a lot of attention to here at DTE is, is our bill amount. And our bill amount in the U.S. is at the medium or the 50% level with all the utilities. We're pretty proud of that. We want to make sure that our bills stay low. We continue to try to take cost out of our business. And our job for our customers is to be as efficient as possible in investing their dollars back into the system so that they get the 
the great grid that they expect and the clean energy grid that they expect. So I think customers need to hold us accountable for the dollars that we are investing, um, but I can't emphasize enough that proactively, in order to make the grid better, we need to continue to invest in the grid. This company made a profit from 2021 to 2022. There's money in the coffers that you and others, of course, know is here. The $35 credit that was given to people or you know, who had their power out, a lot of people are saying this is a slap in the face. 35 bucks doesn't even begin to cover with inflation and all the food that they lost, some of them getting hotels, doesn't begin to scratch the surface. Do you think that $35 is enough and do you think perhaps that you and the others here at DTE may be a bit out of touch with how far $35 can go? Yeah, well, the $35 is established through a process working with our regulator. First, I don't think the $35 is, is created or established to cover those costs. Uh, it's established more as a penalty. We have the highest outage credits of any state in the United States here in Michigan. Um, there's a lot of states that have outages. Florida just got done with outages that lasted 47 days for some of their customers. I'm really proud of the work that our employees did bringing customers back, but I recognize that for customers, if you were out of power for multiple days, no, $35 is not enough to cover all the costs that you could have had. What's the logic between the $35 this time and in the summertime, uh, I know my parents were out of power and they were given the option to get a $100 credit for the six days that they were out of power. Why 35 now, why 100 then, and how is that decided? Yeah, well, the $35 is a standard that the Michigan Public Service Commission has recommended. We automatically applied this to customers' bills if they qualify with the um, standards that the commission has put forward on that. Last year, given some of the unique circumstances, I authorized an additional credit for a handful of customers that were out for a period of time. Don't you think this would be an opportune time to do it again while people are, are cold in their homes and losing those groceries to authorize perhaps something more than 35? Yeah, in fact, you know what DTE did is we've worked with our foundation and, and we've put an additional three and a half million dollars into customers that need food and food services with the United Way. So we're working very aggressively to work with partners to make sure those that are most in need are actually getting help. When you look at the aging infrastructure that we talk about all the time, and I know you talked about you know, the, the fixing that are needed and the rate hike that you think is needed in order to bring that up to speed. Um, how old is our system compared to surrounding areas, would you say, compared to Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio? Yeah, so Detroit was one of the first cities electrified in the United States. And some of our infrastructure, when you take the inner city uh, and then the inner city um, suburbs, is some of the original infrastructure was built back in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. We're constantly replacing poles, we replace wires, but the infrastructure itself is largely the same infrastructure. Then you get into the outer suburbs, most of it was built into the 70s. So a lot of our infrastructure is older compared to the newer cities in the United States. That's why we fundamentally believe we need to rebuild this infrastructure. And I use the analogy of roads all the time, Roop. When you build a road, that road's good for about 30 years, then you need to repave it. Why need to repave our electrical system while it still operates? I can't shut down the electrical system while I redo it. We need to redo it while it's operating and providing service to our customers. What about burying the lines? You hear that all the time. Why don't we just bury the lines? It seems archaic to have these hovering above when we know we have ice and snow. Uh, what's the long-term fix for that? Yeah, so undergrounding, it's a great question. So since 1970s, 
all of our lines go underground that we've installed at DTE. So what we're really talking about is the existing infrastructure was put up before then. I fundamentally believe that undergrounding our lines will play an important role as we continue to rebuild. We've made a handful of uh, proposals back to our regulator at the Michigan Public Service Commission, and I want to keep working with them to find ways to work with our communities to bury lines. I agree with you. There are strategic places where we should bury lines. The cost is more expensive, but you have to get into it in a, at a scale where you can start to bring down costs as you start to bury lines. But I do believe it's part of the solution. We began this interview as we sat down. You said, we know we can do better. Is there a message you'd like to leave the viewers with right now about what that looks like here at the company level? Yeah, well, what I would say to our viewers is we recognize that the weather patterns have changed. 2017, we had hurricane-forced winds. 2021, we had six tornadoes. Now we have the worst ice storm in 50 years in Michigan. We need a bold plan to come back to the weather. We need a bold plan to support our customers and to support our employees. We can't put our customers through this. Our grid has to operate better. That's what they should expect from DTE. And it's up to us to get all the other stakeholders on this in the state to align with us so that we can move forward with that bold plan. When you and your crews do well, we do well, so we wish you the best. Trevor, thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you. When we come back on Letter Rip, Attorney General Dana Nessel in the studio with us, sharing her thoughts and ideas on how to address the issue. Back now, let it rip, keeping the conversation going about the issues involving DTE and our state's energy infrastructure. Attorney General Dana Nessel and Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie Langton here now with us. And uh, AG, it's good to see you. It's not every day that uh, you have an AG who's willing to come on and talk about the power company in town, but you thought this was important enough to discuss. You heard the president of DTE. Was there anything that he said that you agree with in there? Honestly, not much. Um, I think that DTE has gotten away with far too much for far too long. Um, my department, the Michigan Department of Attorney General, has been battling against DTE and some of the other utilities who year after year raise our rates but don't provide any better reliability. And our power continues to go out at much higher rates than they do in other comparable states. And if you look at other states like Kentucky, Ohio, Illinois, uh, Wisconsin, the list goes on and on, they have lower rates but better reliability. And I don't buy any of the excuses that he made. But when you think, you're talking about Kentucky, you're talking about Ohio, you, Michigan, the weather patterns that we've seen here have been a little different. Look, the whole country's been ravaged by terrible weather. California has snow. But when you look at the ice that we had, do you agree that that was a once in a 50 year storm? And can you see how the weight of a baby grand piano, as they say, would weigh down the lines like that? Yeah, and if that was the only time this year that people lost their power, that might be one thing. But how many once in a 50 year storm are we gonna have this year or even this month? Um, we've known for a long time that weather patterns have been changing. DTE knows that as well. And they could have been preparing for this for years and years and investing money into the grid, uh, investing money into ensuring that we have better reliability. But instead, every year they ask for more and more money. And there's virtually never any accountability as to how that extra money is spent. We don't know how many trees they're trimming or where they're trimming them. We don't know how many new poles they put up. If they're hardening the grid, we don't know exactly where or how they're doing that. And that's what we're asking for. And that's what my department has been asking for. Better metrics that we can assess 
where that money's going. Charlie? Because DTE has a monopoly, they're, they're, uh, the Public Service Commission oversees what they do. But you, as the Attorney General, though, can, you oversee the Public Service Commission to some extent. The, on the big issue of the $35, which I know is getting a lot of discussion right now, he seemed to blame, as I understand from your interview, he blamed the Public Service Commission for setting that rate. Can't you go in there and set it higher? We, we have been fighting with DTE and other utilities and the Public Service Commission to set it even that high to begin with. What would um, be, what would be the, 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 the money that you would think a storm like this should deserve? Not $35, but how much? It should be commensurate with how long a resident has lost their power. And so if they've lost their power for three days, should be different than five days, should be different than seven days. One day? And, and One day? If it's been out for you know over a couple hours, yeah, I think that the interference with uh, a household or with a business is significant enough that you're going to start sustaining losses. But educate us for a moment on how this works when you look at the the tree. You have the attorney general, and I'm using the tree metaphor because it's all about tree trimming and making sure we get the trees off the wires, right? But you take a look at the attorney general over here. Then you have the Michigan Public Service Commission over here overseeing this monopoly, DTE. What else can your office do to fix this issue so the people who are watching on the other side of the camera have more comfortable days when the power does go out again because it will go out again? What can you do? Well, just so it's clear, the Department of Attorney General doesn't oversee the Michigan Public Service Commission. Uh, we have the ability to intervene anytime that there is a rate increase request, and we do each and every time virtually. Um, but it's up to the Michigan Public Service Commission to decide whether or not those utilities get those rate increases that they're asking for, or the other kinds of things that we've been asking for over and over, which is automatic credits when there's a power outage. So am I understanding you correctly? Did the Public Service Commission drop the ball in these last power storms that we've had? I think that the Public Service Commission could have been stronger and should be stronger. Uh, and you know, a couple years ago, I had power outage town halls in 2021 and I went all over the state to hear people's complaints. I invited not just DTE but I also invited the Michigan Public Service Commission members to come with me and they did. Uh, they listened and they heard people's complaints. They didn't uh, respond very well to them though. And and, you know, so what can you do to work with a company like DTE to bring customers better service? I know we're talking a lot about us versus them. There's a lot of that talk. What can you do and your office do to work with DTE? Is there something that you have up your sleeve, something you can think about? Well, we've made several suggestions. One has to do with transparency, right? Um, where exactly is this money going from the, the ratepayers? We know that a lot of it goes to political campaigns, right? We know a lot of it goes to, to dark money packs, and God knows how that money is spent. And so what we've asked for is this, be transparent. Tell us exactly where all of this money is going. Uh, next, we want to have performance metrics. We want to know exactly how many trees are being trimmed, what the locations are, um, have some sort of penalty too that's associated so that if you don't make those metrics uh, and you don't have better performance, you don't have better reliability, then give the ratepayers their money back because what do they spend their money on? And, and remember, this is so different from a regular company. And if I can make this analogy, you know, if you have a terrible experience when you're flying, say, Southwest Airlines, and your flight gets canceled and it ruins your Christmas, you can say, well, I'm never gonna fly Southwest again. But 
when you have terrible service from DTE, you can't say, well, I'm not going to use them as my utility anymore. I'm going to get my electricity someplace else. But you, you got money from, for your campaign from DTE. Yes, I absolutely did. And the problem is this. They are such big contributors, the, the utilities, both to the Republicans and to the Democrats. And it's, it's an enormous amount of money. And the problem is to even get into office in the first place, if you refuse, if you say, I'm not going to take it in your money, only give it to my opponent, chances are you're going to lose. And you're not going to be in office in the first place. Now, I have tried to be as aggressive as possible in fighting the utilities and holding them accountable. Um, it's hard when you're always worried about, am I going to lose my next election? But and there especially, are lawmakers. Uh, please go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, especially if you're a state representative, sure. if you're a state senator, I mean, they can literally bury you with their money if they want to. And that's why it's been so hard to get the legislature to do anything. What I'm asking the legislature is, is to do this, to come together both Democrats and Republicans, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, you owe it to your constituents to make sure that the lights are on. I mean, this is literally a matter of life or death for so many people. It's time to come together and to put laws into place to hold these utilities accountable. So we have those, we have those proposals right now, Attorney General. We have three proposed pieces of legislation in Lansing right now that are floating around. One of the representatives uh, is ready, but no one is pulling the trigger. They're simply saying, I have this proposal, let's work on this, and then it just goes away. Is the reason it goes away because of the fears that they have in actually enacting some of this stuff? I think it has in the past, um, but I think that members of both sides of the aisle are fed up. Um, this is not just their constituents that are affected, it's themselves personally, it's their family members, and they know all the stories. Um, I think it's time for, for legislators to finally decide that enough is enough, um, that they're not going to stand for the, some of the lowest rates of reliability, again, anywhere uh, in this region, and that their constituents, the residents of the state of Michigan, deserve better than this and to pass some of those laws and to finally make a change. Can you take away their monopoly status? That's something that only the legislature can do. Would you, would you recommend that? I think that we're not at that point yet. I think that we should try to do other things first. We haven't tried any of these measures. Let's start passing some laws to hold the utilities more accountable, to make these credits automatic, to make sure that they're more consistent with uh, the amount of time that your power is out. Let's make sure that there are these performance metrics in place so that the utilities have to but, do the things that the create better service. The lawmakers are the only people who can do this. The people sitting at home with spoiled food in their fridge who shivered through the last three weeks, two and a half weeks, they can't do anything about that. So what can they do relative to the Michigan Public Service Commission? Can they write to them? What are they asking for? What should they be doing? They can absolutely engage with the Michigan Public Service Commission and tell them their stories and say it's time for you to do something and to be a, a strong advocate and be a strong regulator. Um, but also they can talk to their members of the legislature and ask them to do something and to talk to the governor as well about it. I know time is ready, but does Trevor Lauer make too much money? I think for the service that is provided 
by his company, absolutely he makes too much money. Is there a reason that we're not seeing more politicians, elected officials speaking up during these dark, cold days here in Michigan? Well, I think that you have seen a number of elected officials speaking up. I mean, all I have to do is look at my Twitter feed, and I've seen, you know, dozens of lawmakers who have said enough is enough, but it's time to put, yeah. um, you know, their money where their mouth is and so. uh, absolutely move forward, pass some of these laws, and I think we're going to see a significant sure. difference once we have better oversight by the legislature. We have to take a break. When we come back, it's been a, it's going to be a, an interesting conversation to hear what your thoughts are. Charlie took uh, Let a Rip on the Road. That's next. Stay with us. DTE. What do you think? The company itself? DTE, they, they sure aren't giving I much for what all the outages they had. As far as I'm concerned, what they've done the last few years where I'm at, I'm very happy. I think DTE has almost an a impossible job. They want to give you $35 if you've been out for four days. Well, you know what the situation that is. Uh, they could do better. Well, you get the 35 bucks. Well, that's what's that for? You know, they're the CEO made a lot of money, millions of dollars, and now they're asking for a rate increase. What do you think? Uh, I'd say no, yeah. What do you think you have to do to, to not lose power anymore? Carry the cables. That rate increase, I'm, I'm definitely not not, a real, not fully on board with that. What letter grade would you give DTE for the last storms? E. Probably like a C minus. Maybe C plus. I'd put them at a C. D. They're doing what they can. They really are. I see them, the trucks out all the time working. It's not enough for lawmakers to propose legislation. They have to act on it. If you're interested in that, call your lawmaker. In the meantime, I want to thank Charlie Langton, and of course, Attorney General Dana Nessel for joining us tonight on Let It Rip. That does it for this edition. Thanks for joining us. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.